Welcome to Leadership Matters, a podcast hosted by me, Steve Parker. This is a series that brings a fresh perspective to leadership, motivation, and how to succeed by talking to a diverse range of CEOs, business managers, and world-class talent. We also offer some personal tips to help you in your career. Every episode aims to provide a snapshot into the life and philosophy of some of Taiwan's most successful leaders and to find out more about why leadership matters. today. I'm talking to Ian Anderson, and Ian Anderson is the CEO of Standard Chartered Bank in Taiwan. He's worked for the bank in three countries around the world, largely in senior risk-related roles, including head of risk for the regions, head of retail risk, head of restructuring, head of enterprise risk management. Um, And Ian previously held various senior roles at RBC, Morgan Stanley, Citi, and PwC. We're going to be talking to Ian today a little bit about, um, obviously, we talk about leadership here, but but I want to start, Ian, if I could, uh, about one of the sort of things that I think that Standard Chartered Bank is particularly interested in, and this is this idea of the future of work and how work is changing. Yeah, no, Steve, thank you, and thank you for having me here on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, it's a it's a really big and broad question um, that you can read lots in the press, um, but maybe I can give a little bit of perspective of what's happening kind of on the ground at Standard Chartered and and, and I'll use um, Taiwan as, as kind of the example. I, I think what we've seen certainly in the last 10 years is the workplace environment is, is changing. We're characterizing this in terms of what we call new ways of working. Um, and essentially I would, I would say it, it's seeking to provide more flexibility to our staff. So if we wanted to keep it real simple, that's how I would characterize it. That that means that, you know, we are open and providing support, tools, training, etc., to allow our support our staff to work in a more flexible environment. So that can be working from home. Um, it can be different ways of working in the office. It can be also in the form of the type of, of training we're providing our staff and the technology that we're providing. So I think one of the things certainly that is assisted with new ways of working is the provision of, of technology. So as we are today, you know, we're using, um, you know, an app to connect here to, to record this. And fundamentally, it means that you can pretty much work anywhere and connect with people. And that's a game changer. And we've seen that technology become more widely available certainly over the last 10 years, but used a lot more over the last two years. And I think if you just step back and say, well, maybe what has changed? There isn't anything good about COVID-19 and the pandemic, but one of the things that I think we all have learned to do is is work remotely. Um, And working remotely is more kind of during the pandemic, certainly business continuity, but it has kind of tested technology and proven that technology does facilitate and allow for effective remote working, but that does mean that we need to change. So we're fully embracing the whole concept at Standard Chartered on providing that flexible work environment. So we did move where we can from a regulatory perspective. So there's certain functions that need to be in the office and work from the office, but where we have the flexibility, we're basically providing our staff with the optionality to self-select the time that they want to be in the office and the time that they want to 
to work from home. So typically what we're seeing for around 50% of our staff in Taiwan, people are selecting working three days um, in the office and two days from, from home. And that isn't kind of your classic Monday and Friday um, will all be kind of working from home and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday will be in the office. That That's split and varied across across the week. Um, also providing more flexibility for people to kind of change that. So they may have a baseline in terms of how they're operating, but then separately, um, if they want to come into the office or if they want to extend and work from home, we're providing the flexibility for that. So obviously we need to make sure that people are kept safe and the bank is kept safe as well at the same time. So, you know, you need to provide for the right data protection, cybersecurity, all of those kinds of things. And I think the other one that is really, really important is making sure we, we tool our people and our managers in terms of how they operate working from home and how they lead in a remote world rather than the traditional, we're all in the office, we all come together and have a meeting. So I think fundamentally, a lot has changed. Um, we're embracing that at the bank. Um, from what I hear from my staff, I think there's a lot of positive sentiment towards that. And I do say to people, please, please don't confuse working from home due to COVID-19, the same as new ways of working, flexible working, the two are very different. And I think sometimes it's tempting to confuse the two. Well, I think this is an interesting point because uh, uh, as most of the people that I've interviewed on this program have talked about, when you talk about the world of work changing, what's really happened with COVID, it's not that we are doing all of this because of COVID, but it's accelerated. It's made people have to make decisions. And uh, I mean, it really says something about people, I think, that you know, people don't change unless they're kind of forced to change in some ways. Do, do you think that's true? I think it is. Actually, I think it has accelerated, um, certainly, that environment. So, you know, we were all kind of forced because of the COVID environment to operate from home under business continuity. I don't think business continuity is never set up to kind of extend for periods of six months or 12 months. Um, but what we actually found was that in actually an extended business continuity where you've got thousands of staff working from home, the technology really does, really does work. Um, you need to make sure, as I mentioned earlier, that you're changing your processes to then fit with that. Um, you need to also make sure, you know, the bank is, the bank is here to protect our customers, uh, money, um, you know, and banking is a, is a trust, is a trust business. Um, so it's important that, you know, as you operate differently, you make sure your controls and processes um, change to reflect that. So I think that's really important. But these are, as you point out, these are things that have been accelerated, I think, in the last two years. I think the piece that we're acutely aware of um, is mental health and well-being. So, you know, when you're operating, you know, under the stress of um, a COVID-19 pandemic, working from home, people's environments are, are really quite different, Steve. Um, someone may be on their own. Someone may have um, young children around. Someone may be sharing their space um, with, with others. 
um, you know, it's not one size fits fits all. And I think mental health and well and well-being, certainly from a mental health perspective, there will have been and have been impacts as a result of COVID-19, um, whether that's people who having lost loved ones that they were not able to go and see because of travel restrictions. So there's a lot that sits behind that. So one of the things that we have said um, within the bank is we, we must focus on people's well-being and mental health. And again, tool our managers with the ability to have those kinds of conversations, encourage people to to speak up if they're not feeling right. You may look absolutely fine, uh, but you may not feel fine. And, and no one and no one necessarily knows. And the role of a manager is to make sure that, you know, we are looking after our staff. And if they are not feeling right, they should feel comfortable being able to speak up through the right through the channels that they feel most comfortable with. I think one of the other things I would say, Steve, is the environment of of working from home, you end up on a lot of video calls, right? And one of the things I can certainly say is that's that is very tiring. Actually, over extended periods of time, um, sat in front of a video, not in a room with people, can be very can be very tiring. So, I, I think again we need to find that balance of being respectful around time, respectful around meeting times. It doesn't always have to be a video. It can be a phone call, for example. Um, it doesn't always have to be structured in hour blocks throughout throughout the day, which is the temptation, right? Um, so making sure that your diary just isn't totally rammed with video after video. Um, and we previously, we won't have been used to that. So I personally found, you know, certainly when I was working in Singapore um, and COVID first kicked off, those extended periods of working from home and video after video into sort of late hours of the day, you start to become more and more tired and and it does impact you. So I think all of those things, when we then sort of flip that round to, hey, we want to do this more permanently or flexibly, it's making sure that we create the right kind of boundaries around it for our people. And I think the last thing I would say on this is, those that are working from home, those that are in the office, and you've kind of got that mixed up environment, right? You've got to, as a as a leader of a meeting, let's say you're hosting a meeting in person in the office, but three of the people are on video, making sure that you include them in the meeting and that the meeting isn't the meeting around the table and then these three observers sitting on a video screen kind of watch, watching in. I think those are the kinds of things where it's quite, you need to be pretty tactile around how you bring people in, how they're included in the conversation. So it, it it's not, if, if anyone were to turn around and go, hey, hey, this is super easy, you know, no problem. Um, I think that, you know, they're probably fooling themselves because it isn't, there will be things that will not go right. And there'll be things we therefore need to learn around this. So what are the areas of leadership and management as we're talking about this future of work that you think that, that really haven't changed, the fundamentals that you still kind of need to follow? Yeah, I think it, it's a it's a really good question. So there are elements of things that remain the, the same um, and then things that are changing like we've just talked about in terms of how you might work. Um, and that and that environment. I think one of them is um, staying connected, 
right? So, you know, as a business, we need to stay connected across our people and across our clients. Um, because if we don't stay connected, we're going to struggle to have a business. So we still need people who want want to, can, and enjoy communicating. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, they need to be physically there all the time to to do that. And there may be circumstances that are better done, quite frankly, um, in person um, to have a meeting. And I'll give you an example. I mean, I had a tricky, tricky decision in Singapore that we needed to to make when I was working in Singapore. And we could have jumped on the video and had a chat, etc., amongst a group of us. Um, we were we were allowed to go into the office, um, and so rather than kind of just jump on blue jeans, we said, "Let's just get the time, get in the room, and thrash it out over two over two hours." Um, and a- actually, you know, coming out of that, what I what I can say is that, you know, we were really glad that we had done that because you can have a slightly different debate and get a slightly different sense of the room. And so what I would say is those are the things that I would argue do stay the same. Um, and the manager is going to need to be just a little bit more adept and flexible in figuring out which one they need to kind of draw on, right, to get the most effective outcome. One of the, da- one of the dangers and temptations is I can do everything by email I can do everything by sort of text or whatever appropriate um, form of technology. Um, But I avoid, as you just said, picking up the phone and having a conversation, you know, whereas in a conversation, maybe I can get my point of view across better than I can writing paragraphs of emails. I think one of the things I did notice, Steve, was email traffic um, did increase during sort of pandemic times. you know, every email you get and read is, is is time. Every time you respond, you're taking up someone else's time, right? And maybe it's multiple of people's time if you, you know, put 10, 20 people on the email. And, and I think there's there's quite a lot of, um, I would call it email abuse that goes on in the sense of, you know, I'll just fire off a whole bunch of emails. That typically creates a whole bunch of work. So I think that striking that balance around that, um, is important. So I think email, things like email, they're going to all stay the same. We should give our clients the ability to choose how they operate with us. Um, so for really basic services and the likes, maybe that's all done digitally through your mobile phone um, because it's easy, easy to transact and it's super convenient. Um, but maybe there are times when that, that client wants to wants to meet around an investment decision and get that investment advice and they don't want to do that remotely. Um, and I think that what you're going to get is more sort of what we would call like hyper-personalization, right, of services where the client can self-select. But for the basic things, you would encourage the client, you know, to operate digitally and remotely because it's more more convenient um, in order to do that. But for certain other aspects, that's not necessarily um, the case. So I think you're seeing bits of, Bits of that which, you know, will still look the same and other parts which, you know, as we go forward in the future won't and don't today. One of the things that I always feel is that leadership, when you're managing a team or you're managing a relationship or you're managing, you know, a client relationship, 
is that often it's one of the two people who is deciding how the communication will happen. And it comes back to kind of old school, you know, how do you check? How do you follow up? How do you make sure people are involved? You talked about meetings, you know, how do you make sure that those people on the call who are, you know, yes, we've got everybody involved, but they're, you know, they're not engaged because they're out in the ether and not in the room here. Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, whether it's in the office or remotely, maybe call me a little bit traditional, but, you know, I will typically have one-on-one meetings with my with my team. Um, so those that are on my management team and, you know, they will be, they will have a business focus to them as well as giving the opportunity for, you know, those individuals to raise issues Etc. So I do I do make sure that the meeting isn't just my agenda, right? Uh, it's quite tempting for it to be that, but you know if you don't ask people what do they think is most important, any issues or concerns they need to flag or or raise versus tell me about. So it's about finding the balance of that conversation. My last point, I guess, I want to touch on for you is you, you as a as an expat leader you come into places for a period of time. You're not always going to, you know, you're not going to be there for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. You're coming in to an environment that has been built by someone else in often, um, and you're coming in for a limited period of time. How, how do you go about establishing these kind of, these, you know, the direction that you want to go in? Yeah, it's interesting, Steve. Um, I always believe you're sort of leading leading for the next generation, right? So you're leading, you're, you're, one of the objectives I firmly believe is that when you lead something, you're one of, one of the things you, you should be focused on doing is being able to pass, pass it on to the next generation of leaders, right? And you, you should anticipate and want that next generation of leaders to take it further, right? To do better than you, right? And that's a really good thing. Um, and so, you know, what I believe I'm here to make sure of is that, you know, what, what I pass on to, to the next leadership is a business that is in good shape that they can then take to the next level. Um, so as I come in as an expat, I think, look, we're all, wherever we're from and working, one thing's for sure, we're not there permanently right? It can be for longer periods, it can be for shorter periods, etc. Um, so everything is has, has a finite date to it in the in in the end. And so I don't get too fixated on that. One of the things I do say is coming into somewhere like Taiwan is, I'm not going to be the expert on Taiwan, right? I, I've got people in my business, leaders in my business, been operating in this in this um, market for decades who really know their clients, um, really know the business. Um, It's not my job to become as expert as them, right? It's my job to encourage them to get the most from their teams and their clients over the next three years and to challenge themselves and the organization to look at new opportunities and to be comfortable, not necessarily succeeding in everything that you do, but learning from that, because at the end of the day, that might be what gets you to the point where you perhaps have a bigger business overall in different different areas than you hadn't previously anticipated. 
And I think one of the jobs of a leader, whether you know it's from within a country or coming it from outside like me, is to is to create that create that environment that allows for that. Um, whilst at the same time, obviously, we operate in a regulated uh, industry, you know, operating within the re- regulatory uh, boundaries that are set. But there's lots of things that can be done. And so, what I my final point on this would be. You know what is what what is it that I potentially bring? Well, I bring the benefit of having worked in Standard Chartered in a number of our markets in regional and global roles, with lots of connections of really great people within the organisation. You know, my job is to bring those connections and those great people for the benefit of the Taiwan franchise, my leadership team, and to help them. Right. So if there's one sort of thing that I really bring. It's that. What I don't bring is all the local expertise, and I am not going to bring that. Whether I'm here for three years, four years, or five years, right? You know, I will become more knowledgeable, but I will never be the expert, and nor should I be aspiring to do that. Because the minute I do that, then I'm not really coming in to to lead the overall franchise. I, I think this is a really interesting point to finish up on here because you're talking about the essence of leadership here, which is to lead uh, and not to do. I mean, you have experts, right? <laughs> you have people who are, you know, every function in an organization is an expert on the function that they do. And it, it seems like what you're telling me and I'm learning from you is that, you know, you're not here to do everybody else's job. You, you're here as a leader to do the job that you are supposed to do. Correct. Correct. And if if... If there are a few mistakes that happen uh, along the way, um, that's not a bad thing necessarily, right? So, you know, often as I have, we don't obviously have time for it today. You you often learn, you know, more from the things that were perhaps more challenging for you uh, than the things that went really well. You may have preferred we succeeded, et cetera, et cetera, but that's not always going to be the case. Be humble and learn from your mistakes. I think that's a lovely, it's a great way to finish for us today. Ian, it's been, uh, it's been a joy talking to you. I've, uh, as always from these conversations, I learn a lot and I hopefully I will be taking some of this away and, uh, and being a better leader myself. Thank you very much for your time today. Thanks, Steve. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. You can listen to this podcast on the fourth Monday of every month on ICRT and on the ICRT website. You can also pick it up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Leadership Matters by Stephen Parker. You can also check out my social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Look forward to seeing you next time.